Once was a land of woe and strife Where the people were bereft of hope They prayed to their gods of might and light To deliver the heroes of old Instead they got Heroes, did you hear the quotes in my voice of moral ambiguity? They may help or may not help you at all, depends on what's in it for them. They kick and they punch and they maul and they smash. They lie and they scheme and they burn and they slash. Succeed or fail, it has to the tell. Dungeons and debacles starts now. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast. I am your host and Dungeon Master, Kevin. Going around the table, John. Hello. I play Lunadas, Elven Monk. He has a cart and pony who aren't currently in the episode because they're back at the entrance to this cave. Okay, and Shane. I'm Shane. I'm playing Alexander the Human Bard Wizard. And this me. And Hannah. I'm Hannah, and I'll be playing Talia the Human Rogue. And Blake. I'm Blake, and I'll be playing Juliet, the Eldritch Knight slash Wizard Dragonborn. So the last time on Dungeons and Debacles podcast, uh, you guys uh, fought a bunch of spiders and dispatched them pretty quickly. Um, you made your way across this rickety ancient bridge um, fairly easily, except for Turin, who fell through the bridge and thankfully he had a rope tied to him and you were able to save him from falling into the chasm uh, you continued on and you fought two helmed whor- <clears throat> two helmed whores um, which one of them was able to take John down um, but you were eventually victorious um, you decided to take a long rest after all your battles and realizing that you hadn't slept for basically two days uh, since the uh, prophet's camp and while you were sleeping you heard these terrible roars and screeches coming from the deep behind a door with a carving of Borscht Bonebreaker and that's where you find yourselves now let's go in alright so is everybody going in Correct. All right. So you're going to go through this door and um, you're going to walk uh, for probably what you think is maybe like a half mile. And, and the, the floor is sloping down here, but it's almost like an imperceptible slope um, until you reach about halfway. And then the angle gets a little steeper. Um, so you're walking down, 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 and you notice that the, the air is getting a little warmer and the smell of sulfur is getting a little stronger. If I didn't know any better, I'd say we were walking into a volcano. If I didn't know better, I'd think we were walking into a sauna. <laughs> All right. Um, so after a while, this passage that you were going down uh, widens out a little bit and um, the floor um, starts to slope a level and then up slightly and you find yourselves in this uh, long hallway reveal some more areas here Um, are you going to cast your light spell uh, yeah 
Juliet is also going to cast a light spell, so we have double the lights, which doesn't really help, but one of ours goes out. It's uh, not a bad guys, idea. Guys, I think the floor is lava. Called it. <laughs> you thought this was the game. Uh, what's the radius on your light spell? Uh, what? Let me check. I think it was 20 foot. There's the card. 20 foot radius, yeah. And an additional dim light for 20 feet. Hey, look at that. Shinies. Well done. <clears throat> Alright, um, so you're in this hallway now. Um, so, are you moving up? Yep. yep. And what's your marching order? Single file. Natalia in front. I think Adel uh, will be in the rear. That way our dark vision people are on the outsides of the group. Alright, so um, you're walking up this uh, this corridor as it uh, starts to slope up slightly. And everybody give me a perception check. 11. 14. No, passive of 16. Passive of 14. Natural one. It's nice. Who had above uh, 13? I. Lunadus. And Alejandro. <clears throat> okay, so uh, you, Alexander, and Turin are going to see about in about 10 feet in front of a Lunados, there is like this shimmering that spans the entire corridor from the ceiling to the floor to the walls. You can see through it and it kind of looks like a um, like a mirage in the desert, so what's behind it um, is kind of distorted. Everybody stop. Something weird is here-ish. And Illuminati's points. Okay. Does everybody notice it now that it's been pointed out? Or... But what is it? It's... a mirage, an illusion. Maybe Alexander, try firing a crossbow bolt through it. Why don't you just reach in if it's an illusion? Because it might be something nasty, like a magical trap. Or an illusion. I'm going to shoot a crossbow at it. Sounds better. Okay. Shouldn't you shoot a crossbow bolt? Yeah. <laughs> no, he's shooting the whole crossbow? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just throwing the entire crossbow at the, the thing to see what happens. Okay, so you're going to shoot a bolt through this uh, corridor, through the shimmering. And you see it pass through the shimmering. And... Um, go to the, the go through it and then it disappears into the darkness looks safe to me safe as can be maybe try hey, detect magic I mean we just saw an arrow go through it yeah nope. but an arrow's not living should but can, then we should do an arcana check detect magic doesn't necessarily like analyze what it is True. I'm all right, how about this? Since you guys, you guys are all scared and stuff, Juliet's gonna walk up, put the butt of her halberd through this illusion, and wave it around, and then pull it back out. Okay, so you stick it through, and you wave it around, and you can see it pass through, and it's kind of wavy on the the other side. And then you pull it back out, 
and it's intact. Yeah, I don't know what you guys are... What? Give me a perception check. 10? That's a 16. Um, no, this would be for Juliet. Oh. Um, you... Yeah, you don't notice uh, anything, you know, unusual other than the fact that it got a little blurry on the uh, the other side of this. Yeah, there's nothing past there. It's literally just an illusion. All right, after you. Aren't you leading the party? You're the one who's competent. Okay. Juliet walks forward. Okay, so uh, as you cross um, through this plane, um, through this shimmering, you're going to notice that it gets a lot warmer inside of this. And you, once you're inside of it, you are starting to see... Give me a perception check. I'm definitely going to fail this now. It's a three. Um, you're kind of making out something that kind of seems like a landscape that's superimposed uh, over this corridor. And the, the sound has changed. Um, it's gone from, you know, being like this echoey cavern to almost like a dead stillness inside of it. All right, Juliet continues forward. Heedless of danger. She's not screaming, so I guess the little dust will follow. It's too late. I'm already dead. <laughs> uh, Leonard Osh, you experienced the same thing when you walked through. Give me a perception check. 21. Um, you pass through this and you notice that it gets a lot warmer inside. Like uh, almost to the the point of when you were in the desert. It was It's actually hotter than that in this. Um, and you are able to make out... Um, what seems to be like some mountains and maybe a fortress uh, that's kind of superimposed um, on this uh, cavern. That's very strange. Can we see anything like on the other side, like further east of us? Um, when you um, when you turn uh, to the east, that's where you're seeing currently because that's where you're pointed mm-hmm. and that's where you see the mountains in the fortress ah. if uh, you look around you're going to see that the, the mountains continue and then uh, slope away on uh, either to your left or your right but all this is superimposed uh, over the uh, current cavern that you're in so if we continue will we continue in this landscape or in the cavern let's keep going it's like one of those pictures that you jump through in Mario 64. Nerd. Uh, all right. That is Zelda. <laughs> it, it's very similar. It's like two notes off. So are you moving forward? Yes. Yep. yep. But I cannot see forward, so I can't move forward. Okay, stand by. Uh, the fork in the road. Let's pick it up. So as soon as you pass out of um, um, the shimmering, you uh, 
after about 15 feet, uh, you enter the cavern again and the shimmering goes away. And uh, it's a lot, it's still warm down here, but not as hot as it was when you were in uh, that shimmering. And then the super uh, imposition of the uh, landscape goes away. Um, to the east of you, it appears the cavern uh, continues. And to the north of you, um, you are going to see... Sauron's giant fiery testicle. <laughs> the, uh, there is a larger cavern that's uh, probably 15 feet wide, um, but about 20 feet from you, um, you see where um, the magma from below has pushed up through the floor, and now there is this... Um, like pool of uh, molten lava uh, that is filling up the corridor. I say we go east. Agreed. Okie dokie. Getting order, people. What do you think the shimmer was? Connection to another plane? Another point on this plane? It means that you're a coward for not going at first. Never know what you find in the tomb of a long-dead sorcerer. It's okay, I'll protect you. Wizard, that's slander. <laughs> Looks like we got another fork or room up ahead. Alright, so you're going to continue down this uh, corridor to the east, and you're going to uh, <clears throat> enter this room. Um, that's probably 30 feet by 30 feet, and it appears to be some sort of storeroom. Um, you're going to see some barrels that you're kind of shocked, um, uh, that they're wood and they've survived down here this long, but, uh, in this heat, maybe they've just like dried out because there's no moisture in this, uh, area. And to the north of you. You're going to see where there is another corridor that branches off to the north. And you're going to see these things on the ground that uh, you think, after seeing the lava out there on the ground, that these are some more lava that's pushed up uh, through the ground. They're in these strips that are probably about... Um, maybe three feet long and uh, about a foot wide and a foot tall uh, and then they start moving fire maggots so I'm going to need everybody to roll initiative well done Talia thank you alright so um, these things uh, start moving toward you and uh, Talia, you're going to go first. All right, so I'm going to move uh, to where I have a direct line at them, and I'm going to throw my one dagger at them uh, for 18. Um, 18 is the roll. Uh, that'll hit. All right, and that's for five, and then I will do sneak attack. You can't at the moment. Oh, shoot, you're right. Ignore that. I didn't, I didn't do that. So that's for five piercing damage. Okay. Uh, next up is the fireworm. It is going to move towards Lunados, and it is 
going to try to maneuver its body and like uh, you see it rise up and then like this maw open with flames inside of it and it's going to try to bite you. Uh, that's a nine. Yeah, like that. Uh, next up is this other fireworm. It's going to move down towards Talia. Oh no! Try to do the same thing. That's a 25. Oh yeah, that totally hits. Uh, for six damage. Oh. So it's going to bite down on you. And where it bites on your armor catches fire. Oh, that's outstanding. Um, Can I put that out or? Uh, It's only on fire for a moment and then it it'll go out itself. But you're like trying to slap at it, trying to put it out. Uh, Next up is Adel. He is going to come up here and flank the one with uh, Lunados. And that's a nine that's going to miss. And then his second attack. That's an 11 that's going to hit. So he's going to take this uh, Bonebreaker Greatsword and smack down at these... uh, lava worms and uh, he's going to hit it but when he does you'll see uh, his sword and his hand catch on fire and he is going to take two points of damage don't we have something that makes water yep we do indeed Ooh, we can use that to get past the fiery testicle and we can make obsidian, which we can use to make a gate later. We're not playing fucking Minecraft, goddammit. <laughs> um, I'm just thinking that, that maybe that it would do something to these guys. Yeah, makes Probably. sense. Um, Alright, in any event, Alunidas is going to attack the one in front of him with his fists. Ooh, that's a crit for the first one. 17 on the crit table. Uh, you get a combat advantage on your next turn. Okay. Um, so let's go ahead and that was, that first hit was nine damage to the worm. And you're going to take two points of damage. Okay. As you punch it and your hand catches on fire. That, that's okay for me. Uh, the next one is also a crit. (laughs) Damn. For 10 more damage. And on the crib table, on the crib table, uh, slowed to half. Uh, your target slowed to half movement until the end of the encounter. Deck save ends DC ten. And let's go ahead and do a bonus strike. And it failed it safe. And bonus strike is twenty three. All right, uh, that hits, and you are going to take this thing out. You'll see it's like uh, the the red glow from it. Uh, starts to dissipate and turn uh, gray as it starts to cool. Okay, so Lunadas just strike, strike, strike. With each strike, his hand glows more and more brighter blue until the last one just boop, puts the light out entirely with both his fists and the worm. Alright, next up is Juliet. Alright. Thinking fast, Juliet pulls out her water skin, but then decides there's a better option. And walks over here and opens up the decanter of endless water with a command word to fire a jet of water at the nearest elemental. 
Geyser. Alright, give me a... Uh, before you do anything else, give me... I think it's a... Strength eight. check. Yep. That is an eight. I'm pretty wow. sure that fails. Did you uh, write down what that does? Uh, I, what do you mean? Oh, the geyser thing? Yeah. Don't you have written down? I, I have written down. Pushed back into the wall or something. It's your magic. Oh, item. there's there's nothing in there about being pushed back. Oh, there's here. Let me let me paste what I have here. Hold on, I'm trying to bring it up on the internet, but it's being a butthole. I mean, it has to make a strength check, but oh, the as far as I know, I don't have to. Oh. My bad, I thought it was you. Yeah, I thought that too. Alright, so the target must uh, succeed on a DC 13 strength check or take 1d4 bludgeoning damage or fall prone. And which one are you uh, shooting it at? The one next to Talia. Uh, it fails, so that's going to take uh, 1d4 bludgeoning and roll me a d6. Say one. All right, so you open up this decanter and uh, like a fire hose comes out of it and hits this thing. And uh, you see it like pushed back uh, five feet and uh, 15. 15? I think. I don't know, maybe that's just the object. I know it falls prone. Yeah, it just falls prone. It doesn't get pushed back. The object that gets pushed back, not the living creature. All right, so uh, you kind of see it like twist over, and it's pushed a little bit, and uh, the water's hitting it, and you can see that it's uh, doing damage to it. The uh, the there's this steam coming off of it as the uh, the water starts to cool it down. Did we skip Adel? No, I was wondering if he was in the line of fire. Oh. No, Adel went. He hit it and got caught on fire. Yeah, but the, the stream of water, that was my question. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to say you miss him. Because this is like a water hose. I mean, you can direct that pretty well. Because it's just a stream of water and you've got six seconds to move it around. All right. Anything else you want to do, Juliet? Yeah, that was only a nope, bonus action. It. You still have a full action. Yeah, but I can't do anything with that action. Well, you have a, a long weapon. You can hit it. I can't use it and the decanter at the same time because the decanter I have to hold. Uh, what cantrips do you have? Uh, fire bolts. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was thinking of that, and I'm like, uh. If you had big brain magic like myself with ray ray of frost. I do have ray of frost, but I forgot about that. So I guess I cast ray of frost. Wow, I'm glad the spell cards don't do anything now with this new update. Um, well, that's cool. It's not on my attack rolls either. Okay. Yeah, wow. It just wiped out everything. The Goddamn. Uh, okay, there we go. Maybe? Did it? Uh? Uh? Maybe? Make a ranged spell attack and hit it. takes 1d8 cold damage. Uh, oh, 18 increases by d8 when you reach 5th level. Dang. 2d8. Be nine cold damage. All right, so um, you cast Ray of Frost uh, after hitting this with the water, and you're going to see the water start to freeze, and then 
the um, eyes start to form on these uh, worms as uh, their heat blinks out and they go uh, cold and gray. The fire raptor babies. All right, is that it for you? Yep. All right, Alexander, you're up. Rare frost on the other dude. 18 to hit. Uh, that hits. Seven cold damage. All right, so you cast Ray of Frost, and uh, it goes streaking across the room and hits this thing, and you hear like a kind of like a scream as um, like steam starts escaping from all over uh, these worms, and um, they start uh, uh, their glow diminishes and they start going gray. Uh, but they're yeah, still it's just alive. steam escaping. Uh, next up is Turin. He's going to move up here and he sees what's been going on and says, uh, I don't want to catch on fire. Let the spellcasters take care of this. And he's just going to uh, take his uh, spear and put the butt of it against the ground and wait for you guys. Uh, next up is the fireworms. Uh, they are going to go after Adel. And that's a 13 that's going to miss. Uh, next up is Talia. Right, I'm going to... Actually, I don't have to move. I'm going to throw my dagger. That's a 17 to hit. That hits. And now I can use sneak attack. Damn straight. For a total of 19 damage after the sneak attack. All right, so... You take your dagger and you aim it carefully and you throw it across the room and uh, it sticks in this lava worm momentarily before returning to your hand and you see the, the glow completely fade and go gray and it gets back to your hand and it doesn't burn you but uh, you can feel the, the warmth uh, coming from the handle of this dagger and you think if you touch the blade it'd probably be pretty hot. A, a blow on the blade dramatically. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that takes you out of combat. Yeah, take that, taco shits. I That's what you get for a living. Barrels. All right, so uh, you go up to uh, one of the ba barrels and you touch it, and it like falls apart, and whatever was inside of it. Uh, is just like this almost like dried up uh, like desiccated mess at the bottom of the barrel where it's completely dried out. Do they all do that? Yep. Okay then. Did the worms drop anything? <coughs> uh, no, they're just uh, basically cooling pieces of rock at this point. Juliet's going to pull Lunadas aside. Lundas. Okay. <laughs> that? Turin is becoming a liability. True. Can I count on you to uh, move when the time. time is right? When the time comes, we'll abandon him. Yeah. Sounds good. Just making sure we have each other's back. Yep. We have a job to do. Uh, how far away are you from Turin? 
uh, far enough away that he can't hear, in theory. It's a quiet conversation. Uh, and he seems an yeah. incurious. He can certainly attempt a perception check and see it, but that's that's up to you as the DM whether or not he can hear it. Yeah, he can't hear it. All right. Honestly, I was going to follow his lead, you know, if the th- fight had gone on any longer. <laughs> and now we continue to the north. If we have to, we can go back and try and cool down and walk on the lava. Oh. Looks like another shimmer up ahead. Yeah, so you uh, go north out of this uh, chamber, and there appears to be uh, another one of those shimmer mirages um, ahead of you, uh, about 10 feet. All right, let's walk through, see what we see at this time. All right, who's going first? Lunadas takes the lead this time, now that he knows it's safe. Okay, so this time when you uh, cross through, give me a perception check. 16 passive um it's much the same as when you went through the other one um you feel the heat again and then the superposition of um like the landscape uh that you saw earlier mountains desiccated yeah oh oh all right so as you continue north, you're going to enter this uh, large chamber um, that is probably about 50 feet by 60 feet. And towards the northeast of it, there is this large, like crusted over magna pole um, that is coming up from the ground. I'm guessing the magma's giving off some light so everyone can see. Uh, yeah, there's a, a low... Uh, reddish glow in the room you enter this large room and the heat is even greater in here and it appears to uh, circle off towards the uh, the north of this and then there is an entrance to the another cavern to the west well, so long as the magma is not attacking us I say we leave it alone and continue to the west yep agree so as you get about halfway into this room, uh, give me a perception check. 24. Passive 10. 7. You guys take a look at this uh, this magma pull over here, and you're like, oh, well, there's nothing in this room. And then uh, you start walking towards the west, and Alunados, out of the corner of your eye, um, you are going to see like this um, magma start bubbling up. And you're going to hear a hissing. And then... Um, Something's um, happening, guys. As it bubbles up, you're going to see these fiery forms uh, come up out of this magma. I sure hope they're magma spiders. We caught our, our uh, minor fire elementals. Maybe not too minor. So these uh, shimmering... Um, uh, fire elementals um, come up out of this lava, and I'm going to need everybody to roll initiative. All right, um, so you, all of you, turn around and see these uh, fiery shapes come up out of this uh, lava, and they start moving toward you. Uh, Alexander, you go first. Yeah, I'm going to use my uh, my good old ray of frost on the fire elemental to the left. Thirteen. Uh, that's gonna hit for five damage. 
cold damage. And his movement speed is reduced to 10 feet until the start of my next turn. Pass. Alright, uh, next up is Talia. So I'm gonna throw my dagger for an 18. Uh, at which one? Number one. Alright, that hits. Four, five, and then I will pass. Alright, so uh, you throw this uh, dagger and it goes through the fire elemental and it doesn't seem like uh, seems like it should have done more damage than that. Well, shoot. Uh, next up is fire elemental two and it is going to go after Turin because Turin looks tough. And it's going to try to reach out and touch him. Uh, that's a 17. That's going to miss. And his next attack that's a 15, that's going to miss. So next up is Adel. And Adel is going to go over here and try to flank the fire elemental. That's a crit. So that's a 16. So target uh, automatically loses concentration for any spells that affects. Uh, so that doesn't really affect him. It's a spell casting thing. But he did just do a whole bunch of damage. To his car insurance? Uh, he didn't switch to Geico. So that's 24 points of damage. But uh, as hard as Adel hits this, it still doesn't seem like he did a lot of damage to it. Alright, next up is Linodos. Okay. Um, standard action of Linodos is going to disengage. And that's going to be his turn. All right, Juliet, you're up. All right. Let's move to the side here and unleash Torrent of Water once again. Yes, to maybe a DC that the Fire Elemental flanked by uh, Turin and Adel. Yes, to make a DC 13 strength save. Uh, he fails. All right, so he is knocked prone and takes 1d4 bludgeoning damage, which I will roll. One bludgeoning damage. Alright, and roll me a d6. It's a three. Alright, so um, the water hits this fire elemental, and you would think uh, it would be not prone, but it's still just standing there, floating above the ground. Because they can't be not prone. Obviously, you've never seen a fire laid low. Also, uh, I'm going to use my action to cast Ray of Frost before you move that in initiative ahead. I see what you're doing there. <laughs> Say 20 to hit. That hits. Nice. That will deal 12 points of cold damage. And that will end Juliet's turn. All right, so you hit it with this water, and you hear this uh, hissing as uh, it almost immediately turns into steam when it hits it and it pushes it uh, the fire elemental back slowly and then you hit it with this ray of frost and then all the water starts freezing and you could see kind of like a, a veneer of like frost and ice forming on it um, and more steam escapes um, and then um, after a few seconds uh, it melts away Ace to meet you bitch 
Alright, Fire Elemental 1 is up. I can just reach Adel. Um, so, it is going to come up behind Adel and reach out and try to touch someone. You always hurt the ones you love. Uh, that's a 21 that's going to hit for 12 damage. And that's a 25 that's going to hit for 10 damage. So, it's basically going to come up behind Adel and give him a big hug. And uh, it's going to hurt uh, as uh, Adel's cloak uh, catches fire. And uh, he starts screaming, trying to sh shrug this uh, fire elemental off. Next up is Turin. And uh, he's going to laugh and says, <laughs> Noble boy, can't you take the heat? And he is going to attack this uh, fire elemental in front of him. Turin's dropping burns hotter than these fire elementals. Damn. <laughs> nice. It's just interesting that that's coming from the guy who, you know, s sat the last fight out. <laughs> and now Dahlia's throwing shade. All right, so that's a 19 and a crit. So this thing is going to take 13, 24 points of damage. And he's going to roll the crit table. It's a 9. That's Unleash the Birdies. Your attack hits so hard it dazes your opponent until the end of your next turn. And turn is going to take 5 points of fire damage uh, as he uh, stabs his spear into this fire elemental. Uh, the flames lick up his uh, spear and then um, catch his arm on fire. All right, next up is Alexander. Back again. I am going to use Ray of Frost and Fire Elemental 2. 22 to hit. That hits. Nine cold damage. All right, so you cast this Ray of Frost and it slams into this Fire Elemental and you see that frost form again. Um, but soon after, um, melts. Uh, is that it for your turn? Yes. All right, Talia, you're up. All right, so I'm going to um, move up here and throw my uh, dagger again. Uh, 19 to hit. That hits. And sneak attack. For an extra four damage, so 10 damage total. All right. Next up is Fire Elemental 2. It is going to take a swing at Turin. That's a 16, that'll miss. And a 23, that's gonna hit for 11 damage. Uh, next up is Adel. Um, he's gonna say, I could take the heat, and he's gonna attack that fire elemental. Uh, that's an 18, that's gonna hit. So, Adel is going to uh, take a sideways swing across the uh, the midsection of this fire ele elemental, and then you are going to see it burst into flames as it uh, climbs up his blade and his arm, and then it's going to wink out of existence. And Adel is going to take one point of fire damage. All right, next up is Lunadas. All right, Lunadas is going to swing wide this way. Okay, don't try to move things while holding control. Just enough. And come up behind the uh, elemental and punch it. 
Uh, first one is 11. Uh, that's going to miss. Second one is 17. Uh, that'll hit. For 9 damage. And then bonus strike. Uh, 25. Uh, that hits. For 10 more damage. Right, and how much damage does Lunados take? Lunados takes 6 points of fire damage as you punch this thing. And then uh, the the flames uh, just climb up your arms, and then you're trying to put them out with your bare hands and burning your hands. Of course. Uh, next up is Juliet. All right. Juliet once again angles for. Actually, this time I'm going to fire the ray of frost first. Say a 15 to hit. Uh, that'll hit. It's going to be seven cold damage. And then Juliet's going to unleash the Kraken on this guy. And uh, he has to make a DC 13 strength. Uh, he makes it. All right. Nothing happens. He's good. Uh, roll me you do D4 plus D6 damage. Uh, what? Or maybe just D6. Yeah, roll a D6. I don't know what the D6 is for. All right. I'm just assuming the D6 is additional damage. Uh, that'd be six damage. All right. So... The ray across, uh, frost crashes into this thing, and you see the frost forming again. And then uh, you unleash the uh, decanter of endless water, and steam starts escaping from it. And you see its form um, start to like uh, um, get less fiery and more transparent. And uh, it looks like it's hurting it pretty well. Uh, next up's the fire elemental. It's going to start fighting against this geyser of uh, water that you're pointing at it and start moving toward you. And it's going to reach out and try to touch you. That's a 22 and a 26. Ouch. So you are going to take uh, 21 points of fire damage, Juliet, but that'll be half because you're a red. How much damage was that again? Uh, 21. All right, cool. Uh, that's How do I do? Cool. Excellent. Uh, next up is Turin. He's going to move up to flank with the Lunados. That's a 21. That's going to hit. And a 19. That'll hit. So he plunges uh, his spear into this thing twice. That's uh, 15 damage. And then he's going to take three points of damage as uh, he plunges the spear into it and then the, the flames climb up the spear and hit his arm. Uh, next up is Alexander. That is I. Rare Frost. My good old trustful. 17 hit. That hits. 6 cold damage. Alright. Next up is Talia. Alright. I will move... Don't hold control while you try to move things. Um, I will move up here uh, so that I have easy line of sight and throw my dagger one last time. Hopefully. Uh, for 15? Uh, that hits. Um, for 4 damage, and then I'm going to sneak attack. For an extra 16 damage for a total of 20 damage. Alright, what's it look like when you take this thing out? Um, I'm gonna 
throw my dagger and it's going to hit it right in the forehead and just steam is going to escape as this thing dwindles to nothing. Yay! Huzzah. Yay! So you guys are out of combat. Let's take a quick breather, spend a uh, hit die. Don't we have Adel with his healing stuff? Shouldn't he use that first? I suppose, but he can use that in combat. We can't all use our hit die in combat. Every minute we stay here, there's a minute more. The raptors have to grow in strength. <laughs> Technically, I think they're called mephites. The raptor horde. <laughs> and I think that's probably a good place to end it. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dungeons & Debacles podcast. If I could ask a halfling-sized favor, give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It's the best way to support us. New episodes come out every Monday, so make sure to check your podcast app. Do you have an idea to make the podcast better? Tell us about it on Twitter or Facebook. You can also check out our website to see all the maps, lore, and characters at DungeonsAndDebaclesPodcast.com. And now a word from our fantasy sponsor. Want to throw hatchets? We got hatchets, and you can throw them at the hatchet throw. Bring your own hatchet or use some of ours. We don't care. We got big hatchets and small hatchets. We even have very small axes. Want to throw daggers? We don't have daggers. We have hatchets. And you can throw them inside our building. You can throw them at stumps with red circles painted on them. We also got stumps shaped like half-orcs because they are attacking us. But they don't have red circles on them. So come to the hatchet throw in downtown Asheville. We also have L, wine, and mead. People say hatchet throwing and L is not a good combination, but what do they know? We also have hatchets to throw, but no daggers. Hatchet throw. We're finally on the map, guys. After all these years. About time. Our first record didn't take off, but this one. I've got faith in these two singles leading up to our album. What are the names of our two singles? Into the Depths of the Dungeon and Bonebreaker. <laughs> but so those are two originals, but we're actually a cover band, you know? Oh, oh gotcha. yeah, it's that Daisies and Crossbows cover. <laughs> I see what you did there. It's a Metal Ocalypse cover. You guys take care of those uh, fire ele- elementals at, like a champ. I was wondering if you were going to say, oh, I've got that decanter. Yeah, <laughs> Heldy was thinking on her feet. I do my best. <laughs> I mean, you gave us the uh, adamantine weapon, yeah, adamantine weapons to go after the armor. You gave us the decanter to go after the fire. You're too nice to us sometimes. But I guess that makes up for all the mean dice rolls. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the dice were not kind to you today, John. They weren't kind to Adel, too. He wasn't hitting anything. Yep. The music you heard on this episode was Fire Prelude by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License. CreativeCommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 3.0.